0: We all have our own path to walk. It may be obstructed, it may be winding, and no doubt it will have peaks and valleys, but it is ours alone. Like onlookers at a marathon, friends and family can offer encouragement along the way, but ultimately we decide the trajectory that we take. In this series, Juliet Doris Williams offers a clear view from her path that may inform your decisions as you move toward finding your faith. One part spirituality, one part real-world practicality, and a serious splash of fun. Here's Juliet. Hello there, I'm Juliet, and welcome to Finding Faith. I'm the author of two books, one of which is "Leaving Church, Finding Faith, Six Steps for Discovering Your Purpose in the World After Leaving the Christian Church, and the primary focus of this podcast. You can find both books and how to contact me on my website at julietdoriswilliams.com. I am here in this space chatting with you about the book and other things that may bubble up when we are talking about faith and life and how those two things intersect, because if you are at all like me, they always, always intersect. So hello there, friends, and welcome back. I'm recording this on pie day. No, it's not the day to eat pies, not precisely anyway. Pi, P I, not P I E, is the day that math enthusiasts endlessly and joyfully discuss a decimal number that is, well, infinite. And that's a super califragilistic, explanation coming from someone who is not a math enthusiast, but who knows how to Google. Serendipitously, it is also the day where some, I'm going to go with most of us, are dealing with the first day of daylight savings time, and I'm going on the record as firmly on the hate it side of this particular annual event. I would rather figure out a way to explain pie than go through the adjustment period of daylight Savings time truly. Before today, though, most of us have spent just over a year adjusting to not a new normal because I am still resisting calling it that, but a new way of doing life. We've spent over a year learning more about how disease and deaths are tracked and reported as we live with the daily horror of thousands of lives being lost to COVID. We've spent over a year watching that number go up and up and up. And as of this moment, we are well over half a million people lost to COVID-19 just in the U.S. alone. Most of us have adjusted maybe maybe resigned is a better term. We have resigned to the process of being out and about. We know that most businesses will, re- will require a mask upon entry. We know that some businesses will have questions about how we are feeling and where we may have traveled before we entered their doors. Many places will require a temperature check. A, f- a few months ago, I asked a person doing the, pre-entry screening at at uh, one of my doctor's offices, what happens if I say that I, I have traveled to an area that has a travel advisory, or or if I say that it is possible that I have been in contact with someone who has tested positive for COVID? And she informed me that as long as I didn't have symptoms like a fever, the screening protocol determines what kind of mask they give me? Do they give me the super duper heavy duty um, K 95 or N 95 mask? Or do they give me the typical lightweight medical grade mask? It's good to know. I said, as long as I wasn't sick, then I was allowed in. Many of the TV shows I watch have incorporated COVID life into their storylines. I mean, can you imagine COVID life? A recent episode had a super quick scene of two people, two characters visiting the home of another character. And the owner of the house asks, when tested? One visitor says yesterday, the other visitor says this morning, only then were they allowed in the house. I know, I know it was in the script, but this is very much like our real life. Our real life where we can't jump in the car and go see a movie or go to a restaurant on a whim. Just just over a year ago, we did those things without a care beyond it is, it, is it a movie I wanna see or do they have the food item I am craving at this moment? Now, we rightfully want to know, does this place of business require a mask? What are their sanitation protocols? When people, those outside of our our family or our bubble, come to our home, we have questions. Maybe not if they've been tested, but at my house, we had to have repair people or delivery people actually come inside the house And I always insist that they wear masks. That should be a no-brainer. But once I literally had to give a delivery person a mask because he didn't have one. And yes, he got a super bad review. Not sorry. These are minimum things reasonable people have to do and are doing in this year of uncertainty. I've been thinking a lot lately about living in constant uncertainty when I was still a part of a church community things seemed much more grounded I think I talked last episode about how regimented I was about the Christian liturgical calendar how I marked time Um, there was a sense of sameness ritual which is grounding in, in its in its uh, just in the orientation of it. It's it's grounding. It's a sense of certainty about what my week was going to look like, what my month was going to look like, what my year was possibly going to look like, because in that context, it was about two things: serving God, loving people. Everything fell into those slots. the, the these were the the big buckets. The serving God part. From my perspective was easy. The loving people, eh, not so much, not all the time anyway. But when I couldn't love people, I could always serve God, which meant that I could always choose to take a breath, extend grace and drive on when the people thing got a little challenging. There is, there's comfort in sameness. There's also danger in sameness. Sameness doesn't necessarily give us opportunities to learn and to practice patience, mercy, forgiveness, diligence, discernment. Sameness lulls us into the seduction of predictability. I mean, no one who knew me would have ever predicted that I would leave church behind. given my particular trajectory in life and in the church world that I would be on the outside of it, but still talking about and writing about matters of faith. I mean, no one saw that coming, especially me. I ran across this um, unattributed quote the other day. Sometimes my plans fail, but God always gives me better options. Made me smile. I once jokingly said that the title of my second book should be God Blew Up All My Plans. And this came up in a discussion I was having with some others about the Yiddish proverb, we plan, God laughs. No one could have predicted the horror of the year 2020. The sheer amount of loss that we have collectively experienced We also couldn't have predicted the resilience that we now have. I refuse to say that we have adjusted to this new normal, but I will say that most of us have risen to the occasion of these challenging times. Speaking for myself, I greatly dislike not knowing what's coming next. I like to plan. I do not like being caught off guard. And the more I learn about trauma, I know that this is likely what is called a trauma response. So for me, learning to live in the uncertainty has in many ways become my new normal and part of my recovery work, as it were. My Facebook memory feed, serendipitously, that word again, tossed up this quote by Interfaith minister and spiritual counselor, Jude Mills, who says, not knowing is okay. Not knowing is a natural, safe, and normal state of being. We are seduced by the idea of certainty, but the only certainty is that things will change. Plan, take action, make changes, but allow yourself to feel the freedom of not knowing. Be with what is, not with what isn't. Be with what is, not with what isn't. Clearly, this being in my memory feed means that this has been a place of challenge for me for a while now. We know a lot about what isn't these days. What isn't is snap decisions about where to go, when to go, and with whom to go. What isn't is being flippant about safety protocols. What is at this point in time in this history in which we are living is living in uncertainty. We have questions about when will it be safe to do X, Y, or Z. Just think about. All the questions that we, the non-medical people, have about vaccine protocols, safety, efficacy, side effects, boosters, herd immunity. These things are now a normal part of our conversation. Nobody saw that coming. We have swung back to discussing the benefits and challenges of working at home versus working in person. This is an old but now new again conversation. Collectively. We've had a difficult year, some of us more difficult than others. I've heard many people say that they are anxious to get back to normal, and I'm here to say there is no normal that we really want to go back to. This difficult year has shed a light on the things in our society that need to be shored up. When I think about the great sacrifice of half a million lives lost, when I Think about what it took for the great awakening to injustice, to inequity, to to learning what and who is essential versus what and who is non-essential. What it took for the harsh light to shine brightly on these societal challenges. There is no normal that we want to get back to. As Robert Frost once said the only way out is through and change is the middle place between what was and what can be what is and what isn't the middle place of change can be described as isolation darkness fear powerlessness vulnerability exhaustion and scarring this comes from one of my sheroes, sister Joan Chittister, who says that this is the price to be paid for becoming new. What is, is that we are forever changed. And so we should be. The question is what new will we build on the crumbled foundation of that? what we formerly referred to as normal. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Finding Faith.